Hello and welcome to the Future Work Life podcast. My name is Ollie Henderson and I know you're all very busy and some of you like the slightly shorter episodes like last week's chat with Claire Sham for example so you're in luck because I have another one for you today. Like many others I've been down the rabbit hole of crypto and web3 over the past year or two. I've met some fascinating people doing what I can only describe as some next level shit as they explore new ways of building communities, creating new business models and generally exploring what's possible with blockchain and tokenomics. Now today I'm speaking to Pedro Oliveira and Felipe Macedo, co-founders of Talent Protocol. They're old friends who, after pursuing separate careers since they left university, have come together over the last couple of years to create a startup whose vision is to enable high potential talent to create an on-chain resume, launch their own token and start building the support network they need to succeed in their career. We discuss what led the two of them to Web3 and the genesis of the idea behind Talent Protocol, the role communities have played in supporting their careers and why their vision is to create an interoperable and user-owned social network that values the quality of connections more than the number of followers. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure you subscribe to the podcast and my newsletter, which I'll link to in the show notes. Also, check out the show that I'll be releasing later this week, in which I'll continue talking about the theme of talent's place in the new world of work with Hung Lee, who also gets a mention in my chat with Philippe and Pedro, which we'll move swiftly on to now. I hope you enjoy. So, Philippe, Pedro, thanks so much for joining me. We've got loads of questions for you, both related to your own careers, but also to Talent Protocol, which is your new business. But I thought the, the best place to start might be where you first met and how your careers have diverged and then converged again. So I don't know if you want to start, Philippe. Tell us what your tra- career trajectory was and how in 2022 you've ended up working with somebody you met at, at college all those years ago. Yeah, first of all, thank you so much for the invite, Oli. But yeah, going back, I don't know, like 12 years more, when I first met Pedro in college, we both studied computer engineering. And like you said, our paths crossed and went away and then crossed again. But yeah, moved away from the computer engineering consulting career, went off to be a DJ for a few years, then went into advertising and marketing. Yeah, and now I'm a startup founder with Pedro again. But I think we've been always more or less kept in touch and observing each other's kind of career paths. And yeah, fate brought us together because we were thinking about the same problem from different angles. In this case, like I said, the future of work and especially how Web3 and blockchain can affect how we see careers. How can we yeah lead our careers? And I was thinking of it on like I always do on a very personal way. How, how can I bring this to my personal career how can I and I was thinking about bringing investors into my a sabbatical that, that I was about to do but it would, it would be cool playing with that idea of having people investing in my sabbatical and of course the, the upside of that will be getting to know all of my experiments and the learnings that I would get and I guess Pedro was thinking about the same problem from much bigger kind of macro lens and how can I how can the world change and how can I change the world with this and yeah, we all both got excited with that idea and now we're working on Talent Protocol yeah, and trying to uh, bring Web3 tooling and blockchains to careers and work. Pedro, I'm, I reckon Philippe's probably summarized the, the <laughs> most recent developments pretty well. Yeah. From your point of view, you, you've, you, you've been an entrepreneur for years, haven't you? And, and presumably had that journey that every entrepreneur has of ups and downs for identifying an idea having the exciting periods of growth, but also those challenging 
moments. I'm interested at what point with your last business, you decided it was time to step away and pursue something else. Was it more that you'd had enough of that business or did you have a very specific idea for what you wanted to to build next? But my previous startup, Landing.Jobs, I mean, I was grinding for over eight years on that and it was my you know, was was the way that I got into the HR technology world. You know, meeting people like like Hung Lee, we're good friends today, and others in the space and understanding not only the pains of recruiters, but every actor working in with talent, for talent, with talent. And I had a few tools of duty, including a move to London pre-Brexit during Brexit and post-Brexit. And essentially, after eight years and a half, I talked to my co-founder and I told him, look, you're going to continue, right? <laughs> so if you are, and we do have an executive team that, that I trust and I still advise till today, if you don't mind me taking a step back and um, just doing a sabbatical. So that's what I did. I'm part of, uh, of the board as a non-exec board member today. And I still help them out whenever I can and giving them ideas. And then I started a sabbatical. And to be honest, it was amazing because you go from this focused mode, which is what I was for eight years and a half and almost nine years. And you go into a diffuse mode and you just learn things for the sake of learning because you like to learn. And I learned, I did this course in psychology, a few other things. And then as Philippe was saying, we, we always kept in touch. And one day I had this, this dormant idea for over 10 years where people could, but there should be some form, some way for people to be really vested with each other's in each other's careers. And when I was going deeper into blockchain and web tree, it just clicked. It was like this dormant idea came back to life and Philippe was one of the first people I talked to. What if? And it was about to start a sabbatical. So I, I think we owe each other a sabbatical because I, I had one year sabbatical and only did three months and Philippe was going to do his. So I think yeah. when this is done, we have to go back and continue that, that sabbatical. In my case, in his case, kickoff is. So yeah. it's dormant sabbaticals now. The stars aligned, presumably, the, the fact that you both had sabbaticals mm -hmm. at exactly the same time. And there's benefit. the benefits to those sabbaticals were, firstly, that you weren't in a job. So they, that gave you the opportunity mm -hmm. to work together on an idea. There must have also been, as you suggested, Pedro, that just the fact that you're out of... I always used to talk about this expression of working in the business rather than working on the business. From an entrepreneur's point of view, you need to be able to take a step back. But in terms of your career and what you want to do next, the sabbatical is like the ultimate representation of that, isn't it? You've really just got an opportunity to step away entirely. I'm interested, Philippe, from your point of view. So you had talked about trying to involve a community in supporting that sabbatical. T t tell me more about that. Yeah, I mean, that was actually something that all... I have always tried to do throughout my career from doing a newsletter, from mm. trying to implement some sort of personal CRM to keep up with people. And then the latest iteration of that for my sabbatical was this idea of having investors. So the idea is also playing with the kind of vocabulary and lingo of public companies and the contrast that that would bring. So basically, I would have shareholders in my sabbatical that would buy shares on the sabbatical and that I would have to do weekly shareholder reports and shareholder meetings playing with this idea. And 
the yeah the idea behind it is that this would make me accountable to to make sure I was achieving what I intended to achieve throughout the sabbat uh, the sabbatical. Also, would uh, the benefit for these people, which are mainly the people that are interested in following what I'm doing with my career, it will mean that they will have yeah, access to it, that I will be updating them regularly. Because, I mean, it's easy for people to just go on their their lives. And yeah, so I think the basic benefit of this community was, for me, accountability and pushing me to be better. For those people, will be the, the ability to live a little bit my journey or, or go or end the journey with me. So it's something that we are, are actually talk about in Talent Protocol a lot. So this idea of careers being a multiplayer journey and not a single player game. So the difference that we're trying to bring. Careers that have traditionally been single player games where everyone from for himself and very competitive and it's kind of it's your yeah, your route to make uh, uh, alone. But actually what happens is that no one kind of uh, succeeds alone and there's all, always something supporting you, something that ha has your back. We just tell or have this narrative that's everyone by himself. And I think, yeah, building community and having, in this case, with Talmud a, a token that symbolizes that relationship and that, yeah, that, can, that bond helps make the community real and concrete. Just for anyone listening who might not be as familiar with some of the terminology, could one of you try to explain in simple terms how the token system works, how somebody might actually invest in your career? Maybe just give us a kind of simple overview and then we can dig into some of the details. Yeah, I think a simple way to put it or a simple first way to put it is just imagining uh, buying shares in someone's career. So actually you buy shares, so it will be a share and I can buy a hundred shares in your career, Oli, and then I'll be a shareholder in your career and then I can later sell those shares back to the market. I mean, yeah. A simple analogy would be looking at the career as an as a startup, as an early stage startup. You can be a, an investor and help support that, that startup to grow and to achieve the goals that they set out to achieve and then later liquidate your, your investment. So I think that's a good first analogy. It's more yeah. complicated than that. It has more utility and more interesting things you can do with a token that you cannot do with a share. But I think as a first framework, a mental framework, I think it's a good one. Yeah, and that makes sense. You've highlighted some of the other benefits you might have in investing in somebody. And that might be that you you know can follow their career and get more access, for example. But I'm just whether interested in whether, in your mind, as a business proposition, Talent Protocol's value is in the fact that people are investing in people financially, or are you really trying to position it as a community where you're actually supporting your friends or supporting your network? I, I wonder what happens if someone's token crashes because suddenly people start pulling out and psychologically how that would affect somebody. That's where the analogy, I suppose, falls away, doesn't it? From yeah, a yeah, company. yeah, I think you're exactly right. And I think first, the financial was is the easiest one and the first step, but actually what we're working on is much more the 
emotional and the utility side of it. So utility, like you, you said, so the fact that I own a token can give me access to some stuff, some newsletter, to content, to yeah, time with the peop- the person, the talent I invested in. So it, it has value more than just the financial side of it. But mostly I think what's in, in, uh, important is that connection it creates. So the fact that you own uh, that token, that you're now... Um, a partial owner of uh, that person's career that you're part of it and the mindset change that comes with that I think it's the most interesting part and I think Pedro has some interesting examples recently for so uh, people that he supported through talent protocol and the willingness mm-hmm. that he had to jump on the call to help to refer just because he has a, a, a token in his wallet from that person is completely mm-hmm. different for kind of mentorship yeah. uh, relationships for friends and it becomes more more present you become more yeah invested like pedro said I think that's the most interesting part of it. The connection and the bond that buying a token creates between those two people. It's not about trading. And this is where Web3 in a lot of situations, when we try to compare with things that we know in Web2, Web1 or Web0, whatever, sometimes we fail to say it's like this, but in Web3, it's because the dynamics, economic dynamics are completely different. So I think this is more or less the same. When we compare to shares, it's the easiest way to yeah. do it, right? But shares is purely financial. So yeah. at the start, we are making the wrong comparison. For the sake of comparing, it's the easiest one, right? Yeah, it's definitely about being vested, having skin in the game in this month's career. And Philippe was saying recently, we had one of, one of the people launched her token. She sent like a a quarterly digest about her where she is where she wants she wants to go and she has like political ambitions for cyprus i mean this is public it's in blockchain so she wants to be the first female president of the republic of cyprus and she has like a roadmap it was interesting because being on talent protocol and then it comes like the utility part made her really think about the next steps to get there and that's interesting because in many platforms I know that from the moment someone signs up until they, they are ready to do whatever on the platform, you want it to be as fast as possible. But I'm not quite sure about that metric on, on talent protocol. Help people be part of a network, uh, really think through about their careers. This is going to be harder, especially for younger talent because they haven't fully developed their brains until the early 20s, especially the long-term thinking. But that's why the, the community and network play comes in, because guess what? We have a talented network of people who can help each other. Mm-hmm. And we can build the right incentives to for this uh, network to be engaged, almost like a club in a way, but yeah. more open and on-chain. And also the right incentives to bring in new people. And I just want to circle back back to our mission, which is to empower undervalued talent anywhere. And when we say undervalued is, for instance, everyone who's in Web2 who's now transitioning into Web3, like you did, you launched your token. So that's a form of transitioning. So we believe that now you're more 
valued because of what we we did we helped you do that so we are in that mission to to do that but it's a lot more about the community it's a lot more about the staking than the trading i'm not saying there's not going to be trading in the future because i cannot overstep my role as ceo that's a whole other conversation about what it means to be a ceo in web3 and, yeah. and web2 but i cannot really overstep because we still have to engage our community and decide the next steps in terms of roadmap but it's definitely a lot more about the community, the staking, about growing together than, you know, day-to-day -day trading. Yeah, and the tokenomics we've built are established in that sense of that we are growing together. It's not a, it's not a race and, and that, yeah. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So, I mean, I think just to really clarify, the mechanism is much like buying shares but the objectives certainly and also the utility for both the buyer and the talent are entirely different certainly the incentive structure from the talent's point of view so in that case it's a really interesting case that i mean that's a big vision isn't it i want to become cyprus's first female president that is both long term which again i think is characteristic of what you guys are trying to do which is I think there's a lot of talk about that in Web3. I think there's a lot of talk, but I think the probably the legacy of people, particularly outsiders' views about crypto, their natural inclination is to think this is all about making a quick buck. And of course, what you're trying to do is just is mm -hmm. the opposite of that. I'm just interested in that use case or in that example that you gave. How does being, apart from the community aspect, what's the benefit in practical terms for that person as, for being on Talent Protocol? As people buy her token, what does she get from it? Just just one clarification there. Like what we're trying to build with Talent Protocol is an interop interoperable open platform. So when Andrea, when she launches her token, it's our token, it, it's not ours. We're just like... Yeah. We are infrastructure providers, but also community enablers in a way, but it's her token. She can take the token and do whatever the hell she wants. And this yeah, is yeah. very important because this is a change from web to, to web to, yeah. right, Philip? Yeah, yeah. So if uh, Talent Protocol disappears completely from the internet, people will still own their tokens and they can do whatever they want with their tokens. It's their tokens, their data, they can use it with other platforms. Basically, what we're doing is first the infrastructure layer that allows anyone to create their token very easily. And then the second layer, which is, like Pedro was saying, the network and the community part. So basically, we help you interact with the, your token holders. So without the platform like Talmbrokal, it would be harder to people to buy and sell and to, for you to interact with your token holders directly. So we make those interactions easier. And also, most more importantly, we help people find the supporters. We help with the matchmaking. Of course, we're still in the early days, but that's where we're going for. So making sure that people that launch the token can be matched and can be discovered by the kind of supporters that are looking for that specific kind of talent. And yeah, and vice versa. So doing the matchmaking. Yeah. Uh, whereas I think other projects with social tokens are mostly focused on people who already have an audience. We focus on helping people launch a token and use that as an incentive to start building your support network away from your personal network. Because a lot of people don't have that support network close to them, either the family or friends or because where they were born. So making sure that those people can access, can also have a support network, even if it's far away from there in different continent. 
when you're going through some form of career transition, never do you need community more. Let's say I want to pivot into a new industry. There's probably going to be someone within the talent uh, protocol community who works in that industry. And perhaps they might be somebody who can, you know, give me some advice and it might otherwise be difficult to access people like that. I'm just thinking though, if somebody's listening and think, does it mean something financially to them? For example, if you're raising money for a startup, the point of raising money is to fund the operations and the growth in some way. So to hire people to invest in technology, do they realize some financial value from people buying their token? I suppose is the, is the simple mm-hmm. question. Yes, uh, yes. It's, a, it's a simple uh, and a good question. They do realize some financial value. Right now we are on private beta. The value is being is coming into Talent Protocol and it's locked on Talent Protocol. When we launch our community token, it's planned for July this year. But when we launch it, then we can bridge out money okay, yeah. from the network. So eventually they'll be able to do that. But I just want to challenge something in what he said. I think the question makes sense and people can definitely bridge out cash to pay for their education, whatever. Still, I think the biggest asset in someone's career is the networks they've created in their career, right? And when going back to our mission of empowering uh, talent anywhere, especially undervalued talent, like what we're helping in is something we're working on in terms of discovery of talent and matchmaking is being matchmaked or not meeting these people. And also we are creating the, the incentives for talent and backers. In the end, everyone is a talent or members, if you want mm-hmm. to meet each other, to have to be committed to each other, to be vested in each other. I think this yeah. is the most, uh, it's just like, because sometimes we, we tend to think about ways of helping people is give them money to go study or to travel somewhere or something like that. And in some cases, that's the, the thing you need to do, right? I think there's a lot of platforms they already work quite well on that one from a charity perspective. And what we're trying to build on Talent Protocol isn't exactly that. Now, there may be, and there's some some people in our community already asking for it, some sort of grant system, but I think we need to test it out. Yeah, to clarify, you can reach out when we open, when we go public. Yes, you can reach out cash, it's fine, and do whatever you want with it. Obviously, you won't be able so a lot of people ask us the the car question so can i just sell everything and go buy a car that's going to be impossible the tokenomics but essentially the the key advantage of talent protocol isn't that it's the communities this human growth collective human growth yeah yeah no, it makes, it makes sense. And I'm, I'm interested in stepping back from your personal points of view, how, what roles have networks played to get you where you are today? Because what we're talking about here is a new manifestation mm-hmm. of a network and a new way of building a community. Yeah, I think I can go first. I think looking back at the, the wins and the su- successes we've had so far with Talent Protocol, it's... I mean, that was probably the biggest uh, factor so far, which is which were the network and the relationships we, we built in the previous 10 years throughout our careers. And yeah, and mostly, of course, without a token, but focusing on kind of building that community and adding value to other people throughout those years meant that when we actually launched Talent Protocol, it made it a lot easier for us to... First, to get people get feedback and get a, a lot of people's opinions and a lot of people who were willing to talk with us and helping us uh, in the beginning. 
second, it made it easier also to get investors and investment because us, especially Pedro, had that built up that network over the years. And third, especially with users and early adopters and uh, people that launched the to the to their token with us so far, the 150 people who did it. I mean, most of them are in some way connected to our personal networks, either directly or indirectly via LinkedIn and all that. I mean, without that focus on uh, and that support network we have around us, the personal one, I mean, we wouldn't be where we are today. And yeah, I think the difference, the key difference is that with the a token and that representation of those relationships, I think those relationships would have been much stronger today and probably we would have bigger support networks as well. Yeah. But yeah, but they play the massive role. I know there's been, certainly among engineers and devs, there's been lots of people who are moving from Web 2 to Web 3. That's part of the story. And again, you might only see this on Web 3 Twitter, of course, which all of us will. And maybe other people listening who aren't immersed in that world aren't necessarily aware of it. But th th there is a question about how people who aren't, say, have a technical background or perhaps who aren't kind of community builders, how can they take their skills into Web3 hmm. startups? Because I know lots of people who maybe, you know, from a marketing background like you, Philippe, or, or other backgrounds as well, who want to get involved in this movement, but they can't see a place for themselves. And I'm just thinking from your point of view, what's the kind of background of the team that you're building? And is there a typical background of somebody joining a Web3 startup? Can you really transfer your skills across from other contexts into something related to Web3? I think from our experience and most of our team, including us, I mean, we are learning Web3 as we go. And I think the, and to go quickly, to answering quickly to your question, I think, yes, most skills are transferable to Web3. 3 is more about, not about, actually not that much about the hard skills, but more about the mm -hmm. mentality and the, your openness and your eagerness to learn, your curiosity. Because the, the kind of the main skills are the same. We still need traditional coding skills. So actually coding smart contracts is just a, a part of what is needed. But basically what the challenge is, you need to build very good apps. You need to build good user experience. You need good designers that can understand the, and can yeah have empathy and put themselves into people's shoes. You need very good community managers. You need market, marketers. So it's this, the same skills that you need in the Web2 through, web through world. The thing is you need to be open to change your mindset and change the way you look at things because most projects will be very, they will have a different organizational model. So you'll be answering to a community and not to a, to a CEO or to a board. So you'll be, the value system is different, but I would say the hard skills are the same. Yeah. The mindset is different. So if you're open to changing and rewiring your brain and uh, adapting to these new yeah. value system, value system and beliefs, I mean, you're, you'll, you'll do just fine. <laughs> now there's a lot of opportunity, especially in DAOs. We need to talk about DAOs. So decentralized autonomous organizations where you can come in, not as a team member or a core team member, but as a contributor. And most of these things are done asynchronously. You don't even need to come up as yourself. You can be anonymous or pseudonymous in, in to be precise. And it's a new way of work. And if you think about it, Web3 
to all of these components that are being created, NFT, social tokens, DAOs, you know, all of them going together because a DAO to properly function probably needs an NFT and a social token or both. And the way we work is already changing. Now, it's still super early days. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. It's very early days. And we're now starting a crypto winter. So, which is good because we get rid of all the trading mentality, which is because it was the only utility crypto had for 20, 20 years was trading. We have a lot of traders mentality in crypto and we can finally build with tranquility and just build this ecosystem because it needs to be built. We're still in the early days. And that was my conversation with Pedro Oliveira and Philippe Macedo. Please make sure you subscribe to the Future Worklife newsletter to read more about these themes in the current weeks and months. Also, make sure you've bookmarked this podcast where you'll be able to hear my conversation with the writer of newsletter, recruiting brain food and all-round talent guru, Hung Lee, later this week. Until then, take care and have a good one.